Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. Uh, my name is Kerwin, and I'm here with my buddy. Sure. And uh, welcome to another episode. So, uh, Kusho, what um, what do you have in your background today? Well, today um, I chose this Cathay Pacific Cargo Seven Four Eight background. No, it's a, and so, it's a it's in a landing. Is that a landing configuration? Takeoff. Oh, takeoff. Okay, all right, that's very cool. Um, yeah. That airplane is pretty amazing. Uh, pity that um, not too many of them are around, huh? Uh, and also, um, it kind of ringing with Cathay. God, and there's so many bad, so much bad news about Cathay in the press. I don't know if we're going to talk about it. Uh, no, yes, we are. We do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that that later. Uh, but um, I have uh, back in uh, hmm, whenever Kai Tak closed um, and the Hong Kong airport opened, I went to Kai Tak. And the picture I have is actually of a British Airways 747 flying over Hong Kong as it used to, to land in uh, Kai Tak. It was an amazing day. Like everybody was on the streets, everyone was watching planes land, and it was. It was amazing. Uh, okay, so let's jump right into it. And we're gonna go up to the great white north and talk about Air Canada. So um, flying like a VIP with Air Canada, what's going on with that, Kusha? So Air Canada has these four Airbus 319s um, that are labeled, that look identical to the rest of the Air Canada fleet, except they have this jets, uh, logo on the side, which is J-E-Z. Uh, what they are, are specific aircraft that are configured in an all business configuration of 58 seats versus about 120 in a regular configuration. Mm -hmm. And these are mainly used for charter operations for sports teams or uh, corporate plants or uh, musicians. So what they have done, um, I guess in a bid to raise revenue, perhaps, they never really specified, um, is to offer these planes on regular commercial service between Canada and um, certain destinations in the holiday season coming up in uh, December. So they're going to be on flights from uh, Canada in specifically Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver to places like Palm Springs uh, in California, Florida, Mexico beaches, and the Caribbean, uh, and also some Toronto to British Columbia routes hmm. for um, Specific routes for specific and for specific times between this early December and early January. Um, fares are going to be regularly regular business class fares, in as opposed to a premium over business class fares. Given that this is an all business configuration with better seats and more legroom than a regular business class aircraft for Air Canada. And um, the seat pitch is apparently between 42 and 49 inches. Um, 
which compares to 31 inches in Y, which is economy, and 37 inches in a standard business class configuration. Yeah. So in addition to the fare, passengers would get upgraded meals and an iPad that has been preloaded with um, a lot of in-flight entertainment content. And um, they said that in case you cannot take advantage of this opportunity to fly like a VIP, I suppose, they said the next season would be, uh, next season of when these flights would be operated for commercial flights would be in March, 2021. Now, I'm not sure if that coincides with the spring break in Canada, because this first uh, season from December 12th to January 6th is clearly aimed at um, high-yielding Christmas traffic. Yeah. So, but we'll have to wait and see how successful this is. Yeah, it's probably when the snowbirds are returning. Right. It's kind of early, but yeah, it's about when the snowbirds are returning. Returning, well, to their... Uh, second homes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then in March is when they come back again. So that's probably... Uh, maybe, although March yeah. Is still that's, kinda, March is a little early, though. Yeah, March is a little early. Yeah, winter. They can adjust those. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, so um, that, that, that's the cool thing about the industry, right? Uh, all, all the secrets are coming out now. <laughs> uh, because, you, well, because, because, you know, I mean... They, they, and also, I think it's because um, they need to fly the airplanes. That's true. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, so it, it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, it's marketing genius, right? It gets some people to, to do work. Uh, so it gets the pilots flying, the flight attendants flying, everybody stays current, gets the mechanics doing some work, gets the gate agent doing some work. And but I want to see how successful, I want to know how successful this venture is, but I don't think we'll ever find out, though. Um, no, but I, I don't think they. I don't think they care about it being successful. The important thing is to, well, is to run the planes. The plane right, flying. but you do want to make a little bit of money, though. At least try well, and break even. Yeah, but you figure um, when those planes, whether those planes, it, 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 I guess it doesn't matter what they put on that route, and they figure, Krisha, the planes aren't full anyway. Yeah, but you know, and, over and the how, Christmas period, people are weary. And by of, the way, don't aren't the borders between Canada and the U.S. closed? That's what I thought. That's why they. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Yeah. So how are they? How are they going to be doing this? That's a good <laughs> point. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Are they anticipating the border to be open by December? That's a pretty big assumption, though. It's a very big assumption. <laughs> You're right about that. I completely missed that. Yeah. Uh, I know um, the Caribbean and Mexico should be all right. Yeah, right. But not Florida, and not Florida and California. Right. Unless there's a clause in there that says you can operate charters. These are commercial flights, though, not charters. Well, they might be operating under the charter license. So mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, because if they operate on the charter license, you can do whatever you want, kind of. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's interesting to see how that's going to happen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the well, border is still closed. <laughs> no. uh, all right, Unless it's only open to Canadian nationals, these flights, and no Americans are allowed. 
Yeah, I guess because because they are originating in Canada. Right, because I don't believe the yeah. U.S. banned Canadians from coming in. No, I don't I believe don't so. So, we so that to, would make yeah. sense then. That would make sense. So it's, it's a one-way deal. Yeah, and you figure if, they, if they're starting in Montreal, so then the first set of flights, uh, you know, and on the return, it's probably just people who are Canadians who are in the U.S. who wants to go home. Yeah. Are going to come back in it. So rich some that Canadians. Rich Canadians. But that's okay. There's rich people all over the world, right? Because, you know, notice where they're going, West Palm Beach. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Oh, good going here, Canada. Um, yeah, that makes sense. All right. We'll have to keep an eye on those. When is the first flight again? December 12th. All right, cool. Um, and all right, so. Oh, you know what, Krisha? We should go try to book him. Huh? And just, cool. see if they're, just see if they're available. Because when, yeah, when you try to book them, you can see uh, if they're full or not. Yeah. yeah. At least yeah. if the seats are assigned. So, so that's that would be just one flight, though. Well, but still, that's an assignment we're going to have to, we'll have to take a look. Um, all right. So a few, I guess, uh, maybe last, a few episodes ago, we talked about um, talking about the U.S. airlines uh, given their third quarter 2020 results. And we were missing one airline. I think it was American. And now all of them are in. So um, Kusha is just going to give you a little, a little synopsis of what's going on, who did well and who didn't do so well. What you got? Well, this is third quarter 2020 results, which in the US is uh, July, August, and September of mm -hmm. the year. And as expected, the results were not stellar, but they have improved on their losses uh, since the second quarter. And okay. what I was particularly interested in, we're not going to go into too many details because I'm sure people's eyes will glaze over but is the cash burn. So how much money they were losing per day. Right. So um, I have one, two, three, four, five carriers that I have got easy information for. And that was, um, the first one is Alaska Airlines. They, in the third quarter, lost about 4 million US dollars a day. That's compared to 5 million per day in the second quarter. Wow, so they barely did that better. Yeah. Uh, what really struck me was American Airlines. Uh, they lost 44 million US dollars a day versus 58 million in the second quarter. Okay. In comparison, uh, Southwest uh, lost 16 million US a day versus 23 in the second quarter. Delta lost 24 million, uh, which again was an improvement over the second quarter. And United lost 21 million a day, uh, US versus 37 in the second quarter. Okay. So clearly they're on the right track. But the thing is that their uh, losses, again, they were better, but they are substantially higher yeah. than, of course, they were last year when almost all of them made a profit. Actually, all of them did. So all okay. in all, Delta. Before you continue, Kisha, so with those losses, um, are they, did they explain what, you know, what that loss is? Yes. 
Okay. Well, it depends um, on the airline because most of them also have non-cash um, write-downs included in the losses. For instance, Delta, because Delta is retiring a lot of aircraft right. in the second and third quarter of 2020. So there's certain write-downs for that they've included. So that would explain why Delta posted a loss of about five and a half billion US dollars versus Amer American uh, with, with a 2.4 billion and United also with a 2.4 billion. Hmm. Uh, Southwest by comparison had a 1.2 billion loss, but uh, Alaska had only 430 million. And I say only, but I should have compared it on an ASM basis or yeah, an ASK yeah. basis. So they're smaller. Yeah, they're much smaller than oh. any of the other three, other four. Yeah. But still, it's not, they're not out of the woods completely, but at least they're trending in the right direction. And I'm sure the fourth quarter will be stronger, given that you have the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday and the Christmas New Year holiday. Yeah. Uh, occurring in the same quarter. And more people are flying. Yes, um, they are. So at I least guess, in the U.S. Yeah, um, I think because I mean I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been a lot of reports on TV and also in the press about how um, efficient aircraft interiors are at keeping the air clean and being recycled every two or three minutes. Right. And I think that goes a long way towards reassuring passengers and the general public. Um, into how safe flying generally is. So, at least in, air wise. Yeah, but in, in reference to that though, Kusha, I don't think. <laughs> Sorry. So, people know this, right? I mean. No, I don't believe they do. Well, I don't the, believe they do. Well, the airlines have been talking about it from day one. So right, I don't but think, how many people pay attention? Well, true, but I don't think that. Um, People know that they're cleaning the plane because that's the first thing they came out with. Oh, we're keeping the plane and HEPA filters, right? So they've been they've been saying that from day one. But I think people are still not like I I always say that one you you're not testing the people before they get in the planes, and two the guy sitting next to me could could have COVID and don't know it, yeah. or could have COVID and know it and is still flying, and I don't know either way. So um, I that think that could be in any situation, right? It you could, could be, be in a any situation. Supermarket at a but at least in a supermarket, I'm not sitting next to this guy for an hour and a half or, or, or this person for an hour and a sure. half yeah. or four hours, or I'm not going to the same bathroom this person is using, you know, or the flight attendant didn't just hand this person something and then hand me something. But what's uh, the solution then? Um, I think the solution is we need to test you before they get on a plane. Well, that's not happening, at least uh, not in the US. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's happening to Hawaii. Yeah, but that's one market, right? I mean, not I one market, good, but one state. Yeah, and that's a and good There's a limited number of flights going into Hawaii. That's true, but that is what they need to do because on, I think until they do that, because COVID is going to be around for, for a while. Let's just face that. Yeah. Um, it is here for a while. Um, and we're just going to have to figure out the best way to handle this and if it means getting a test because like a lot of places are now having uh, the airlines are starting to do the testing 
and the airports are starting to do the testing. So we're heading in the right direction. We're just heading in that direction slower than I think we think we need to. Yeah, this is very awfully close to political uh, no, implications. No, no, not I mean, you don't even have to go go political for it. Yeah, but I believe it has to be standardized. It has to be US. standardized, and yeah. that's not going to happen. But it's given not just government, current government. Well, true, but it's not just the U.S., right? It is worldwide because right. um, we just need to. In other words, I need to be able to show up at the airport, get a test, and if I'm sick, I don't get on the plane. Um, and then you know we figure out how that works. Um, but of course, there is going to be um, what you call it. There is going to be. Uh, because you, you could be sick and not know it, um, but at mm -hmm. least you're at least you're tested. And if you're not, well, you can't fly. So you but remember that these quick tests, that, these right? fifteen minute tests, um, are only about eighty in in the eighty eighty percentile range of accurate. They right. still have a risk. Admittedly, it's less. Right. And I, right. and I know it's better than nothing. It is. But um, who's going to pay for this, though? The passengers. We're going to have to pay for it. I mean, I, matter of fact, now they're already charging us for it. So, uh, because you know what? We want to fly. And if you need to go somewhere um, that is not essential, then, you know, if you're an essential worker, then you, your company yeah. is probably going to pay for it, right? But sure. if, if you have to go see your family or if you want to go on vacation, that is going to be a part of your vacation cost. No longer are you going to be able to pay those. Bills. Oh, look, Southwest has a thirty-nine dollar ticket. I'm going. Yep. It's all different now. So um, we're just going to have to get into that so, mindset because COVID is not disappearing at it by the end of the year. Much of the chagrin of uh, for some people are saying that, but it's yeah. Not but given happen. how people chase low fares, these tests are not exactly cheap. In fact, they're more yeah. expensive than the actual fare. They are more but, expensive than that. But if you want to fly, then that's what you got to do. Yeah. Because you know what? People have money, Kusha. They just don't have money to do to do stuff because to, to, to pay the airline. They don't airlines, want to pay yes. the airlines. Correct. But because, I mean, even prior to this, they would stay at $500 night hotels in Vegas and spend $39 for the fare. And they would go and they'd blow $1,000 on gambling, you know, or alcohol. Or, or alcohol. And then they complain about paying five dollars more for a bag or whatever. Exactly. So it's like you know, people just need to. We need to get priorities. Um, if you want to travel, that realistic. Um, no. To expect. No, and and that's why the airlines are slowly doing this, right? Because they're trying to get data to show that okay, Hawaii worked, and this is how flying is going to be. Because we have to change how we fly. Because um, clearly, it's not working. And I think those numbers that said, oh, people aren't getting sick on planes. One of the scientists came out and said, well, we're not testing people before they get on planes. So yeah. how, do we, how do we know? Or testing them once they come off. Once they get off. So the denominator is wrong. Um, and, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, just, it's just statistics, right? People always throw stats out there. And, and people are scared. So um, if, if people don't become unscared for want of a better word, then they're not going to fly. Yeah. And I but think I mean, look what Qantas said this week, but they're not planning to fly to uh, the US at least until the end of 2021, which is I know. pretty dramatic. Uh, yeah, because their borders are going to remi remain closed. And so I saw that headline and I was thinking, I was like, wow, 
that's a huge hit to Qantas because LAX is a yes. major. It's almost a hub for them. Uh huh. And it's a huge hit to the to the um to the U.S. airlines who fly yep. fly to Australia as well, or just any airline that so, flies to Australia. I mean, we could argue about this till the proverbial cows come home. <laughs> until there's, a, I think, a universally standardized approach to how to handle this. Yeah. And remember, last week we talked about this app. Yeah, the no, I don't know how, how slow. Uh, it was called, uh, oh gosh, I should remember this. I think it was Compass. It was the one between uh, yeah, something in, like that. Uh, New York City and London. And there right. were a bunch of people that were- Hong Kong, Singapore as well. Yeah. So- um, I mean, that's one approach. Yeah. Uh, to do, right? But, because um, I, I see a lot of people flying uh, and- but it's like common pass. Common pass. Is what it is called. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it's good that we're doing these little things. Well, well, remember when we started, right? Nobody wanted to to do the testing. The airports didn't want to do the testing. They put it on the countries. Well, um, a lot of these places, people are traveling, and they when they travel to one place and they're sick and don't know it, they are causing spikes in other countries. Yep. You know, so it's like. You need to be tested before you get on a plane. You need to be tested, and if you're not well, then you can't go. And that's kind of what yeah. um, what needs to happen. Because although they're talking about the infection <clears throat> and uh, on the planes and the planes in the air is clean and all that kind of stuff, and um, I, again, I, we're veering off course a little bit here. But to your point, um, I think yesterday or today in the morning, I heard about China. Um, Fining or banning certain carriers because uh, Turkish Airlines was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, that China found that they one of their flights or more multiple uh, flights had brought in passengers infected with the virus. Yeah. Now I don't know how China found that out. Tracing for their contact tracing at the airport. You probably test so, people when you land. Yeah. So if China can do that, I'm not sure yeah. why the rest of us cannot, but I'm there are other complications. I know yeah. that. Well, you know, the, the, but, the, the weird thing about this is that, so what, it takes like, from the time you get infected, it takes like four days or something like that to- Well, it's up to 14 officially. Uh, up, even up to, four, up to 14 officially. So you could, you could be infected, fly yep. to somewhere, do whatever, whatever, and come back. Now, the thing is, are you contagious during that? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, much less if you wear a mask, but that's a whole yeah. other issue. Yes, yes. But you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of people wear masks. Uh, people wear masks more now than they did, um, let's say even a week ago. Uh, because I think people are realizing that, you know what, this is here to stay. And in order for me to get a livelihood, this is what I'm going to have to do to, to make it work. <sighs> It's crazy. All right. Is that is that it for the... Um, yep. Okay. See what three-quarter, third-quarter results did. God, four quarters. There's a lot more information, but... Um, no, that's a good... We're almost overkill. Yeah. No, for this that's audience. A, that, that's, that's a good gist of, um, of, what's, of what's going on. And of course, if you guys want to read the full results, they are on the airline's website. Just go to their press section. They have a full report of all the stuff that's there. Um... All right, 
and keep keep trying to get the industry back on track, which is really difficult. Um, the 737-7-8-9, formerly called the 737 Max. <laughs> we need a collective term for that now. Um, or maybe we maybe it should be 737, not called the Max. <laughs> Um, they've been, we reported that, you know, the US FAA is good with it. Um, the European um, aviation folks is good with it. And so now the US airlines are thinking, how are we going to get them back into the air? So Kusha has a report on that. Because in the US, it's only uh, Americans, uh, Southwest and United that flies them, right? Correct. So I thought American did or announced this week a very unique way to um, bring back confidence in this aircraft. So they said that they were going to, um, well, officially American announced that on January 29th, sorry, December 29th to January 4th, American was going to operate a 737 MAX 8 between uh, Miami in Florida and LaGuardia Airport in New York. Okay. And what they were going to do after Thanksgiving the holiday here in end November in the US, they were going to fly this aircraft um, with employees. And subsequently at uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, LaGuardia and Miami, they were going to open up this aircraft to potential passengers and customers. They were going to allow them to board and have pilots and mechanics answer questions. Now, the pilots' union um, has said that this is inappropriate um, because they conceived it as a PR offensive by American, which well, it is. It is. <laughs> um, and they said there were 346 reasons not to celebrate this aircraft's return to service. And of course, 346 is the total number of passengers who died in the line when Ethiopian Airlines crashes. So I don't know how they're going to resolve this conflict between management and weird. the union, but um, anyone currently booked on these MAX aircraft will receive notification and will have the option of changing their flights without any charges. Well, they already um, have that option, right? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> they so have what, no overall changes. <laughs> yeah. Funny. So what American has said that it will require one hour and 40 minutes of virtual training for this new aircraft. Uh, not exactly sure what that means, but they will also require, be required to have two hours in a flight simulator. Okay. Um, and what I found intriguing is that although American has about 24 of these aircraft grounded currently, Southwest has 31. Mm -hmm. And they don't have plans to reintroduce this into service until second quarter of 2021, which is April. Right. At now, I know things change uh, very quickly, but I think it was interesting the difference in approach that these two airlines are using. No news from United, um, but given that these aircraft are so much more fuel efficient than a next generation 737, I would have thought that um, airlines would try and bring this back as soon as possible to try and stem fuel charge, fuel expenses, for instance. 
Wow. But I guess the safety aspects outweigh that. Also in the, yeah, and you and you. So, it's, it's consumer consumer confidence. That's so, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. People are already scared to fly. Now you had now you gave me two reasons not to fly. <laughs> like, oh, I'm scared of COVID. Ooh, it's a 737 Max. Ooh, I'm double scared. I'm not going. <laughs> so, so. Uh, although you know what, you know what's funny in a bad way is um I think most people they already forget about the Max. Yep. Yeah. So if they even remember. Yeah, American could have not made a fanfare and just go ahead and put them in service. And just, you know, you're notifying passengers because you are, are required by DOT to tell people that they're on a max. Yeah, because from the interior, there's very little difference. Yeah, I mean- It's negligible. So, so if, if, the, if, the, um, if the mechanics are making a fuss about it, what is, uh, uh, is it a pilot? Yeah, pilot to me, uh, don't want to, um, Oh, the pilots want to be our offensive. Oh, okay. So, do, do they want to fly them then? You know that they didn't specify. <laughs> I don't understand. They didn't specify that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think that they need to do all that. Um, it's an airplane. The airplane has been certified to fly again. But um, then you know, just, just carry on. I mean, if you think about it, did, did we do that for any other airplanes that? But has any other aircraft been as yeah been grounded as long as the Max? I'm sure the DC-10 had its issues when it not for uh, over a year. Yeah, and and remember the, the 787 as well. Uh, right, they had their issues. Yep. But I, I think the problem is that now it's um, you know the PR people they're just trying to make people happier and they think that this is a deal. So tell me something though. It's not like so didn't management speak to the pilots before they announced it? Announced us, you would imagine. I mean, that shows that there's something you would wrong imagine. with American, right? It's like, um, why wouldn't you talk to your pilots and make sure everybody's agreed on this before you go, oh, we're going to do this. And the pilots go, yeah, we don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> you know, so. Um, yes, I agree. I thought of that too, but. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm thinking why Southwest probably yeah, South is like, well, let's see what the market does. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, and I don't blame them. <laughs> and then we'll go, we'll go. <laughs> oh. oh, and then United's like, you know, we have our own problems. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably, because um, United was flying them to, they did Florida, they did uh, Houston to Florida, and they did Houston to um, Anchorage. Uh, and also West Coast. And the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, I mean, you know, I mean, they have a lot of airplanes on the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. So they figure, well, we don't have to use the Max now. We can use the Maxes later. They'll probably just pop one or two in the schedule every now and again. Um, I don't know what they're, so, I don't know what the right thing is uh, with these airplanes because it's, it's, it's really but, difficult one. <laughs> yeah, but I hope Southwest and United do coordinate with all the unions involved, including the flight attendants, to agree well, that. Yes. Yeah, everybody has to be in agreement. Otherwise, you look stupid when you come out and go, yeah, we're going to do it. And the union's like, no. Because then the customers are like, well, is it really safe then? But then shouldn't this be common sense before American announces this? Uh, yeah. My Never mind. Yeah, I but, right. But my guess is that um, 
and you're right. The contention must have come up. They're not stupid, right? They, they don't, <laughs> it must have come up and they're like, we're going to do it anyway, knowing that the pilots are going to say something about it. And what does it do? It makes more people talk about the Max. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really strange. It doesn't and, help employee morale also. Uh, no, it does not. Mm. Now, I would love to fly them. So if American is listening, uh, I would love to fly it and cover, and cover the story. Uh, I mean, because it, it, it is an amazing plane. It's very unfortunate what happened. Yeah. Um, but it is an amazing plane, and they have fixed what happens. And now, you know, we we have we have to continue. Um, so. So. All right. Jeez, uh, the Max is never gonna never gonna go away. They just need to keep the name. So speaking of going away, um, as you know, seven four sevens have been disappearing around the globe. Um, one, because they're really old airframe, and two, um, because, of the, because of COVID, of course. And um, KLM flies the 747. They fly the 400 and the 400 combis. And the combis well, they are, did. Well, they did. As and of they, today. And they, the combis are the ones that fly. Um, it has cargo and passengers on the same level. So what's going on? Are they gone? Are they done? So today was the last um, operation of the two 747s that KLM had left. And that, they very quietly discontinued, right? sorry? October 25th. 25th, yes. Okay. They very quietly discontinued them earlier on this year, but then they reintroduced a couple for cargo operations. Right. And um, today they had uh, the registration PHBFV and BFW land in Amsterdam in the afternoon and evening um, as the last uh, commercial operations of their aircraft. And what I found curious is that both of these flights were KL-747. Now this is a rather unceremonious farewell for this aircraft given that Qantas, yeah. I think, did the best job, <laughs> followed by perhaps BA and Virgin, but KLM was really quiet about it. I know Lufthansa has probably retired all its 747 400s. Yeah. We still have the eight I left. So I don't know how KLM could have both flights landing on the same day. With the same uh, number. With the same flight number. Yeah, the computers don't so, allow that. <laughs> so, right. um, but hopefully we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. Maybe but, one was 744 and the other was 747. I would think so, right? <laughs> this wasn't simple flying. Uh, yeah, that is. So I don't know if there was a typo on that or not. And it was not easy to find this anywhere else. Didn't they, didn't they show not up on the KLM website? It didn't show up on FlightAware? Now, or why didn't you think of that? I don't know. That is a good really? idea. Yeah, it should have showed up on FlightAware. That oh, is a good idea. Well, when you're doing the next story, I'll, I'll, I'll go search and see if I can find it on FlightAware. Yes, please, because I don't have my phone with me. Yeah, because that makes sense. Um, I should have thought of that. Oh, I love the 747 companies, though. Uh, it's, so, so the weird thing about this is, so how are they going to bring cargo uh, to Houston? Because they, we have the horses that they do from here. Yeah. And, uh, and right now, they're flying uh, 787-9. So, uh, oh, 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 Martinier is their cargo arm, right? Um, Martinier's gone? 
Yeah, Martin, that's gone a long time ago. No, 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 they still did cargo. Are they? Yeah, they still do their cargo. I mean, the airline Martinair is gone, but they do the yeah. cargo. Yeah, they do the cargo piece because they need a way to do cargo uh, unless they're True. unless they're getting that. Um, they're you know, contracting with another. Yeah, maybe from Air France Cargo, Atlas, or somebody like that. By the way, yeah. Atlas Air is doing really well. Uh, all the cargo, all the cargo airlines are doing really well. Um, mm. But but yeah, so that's kind of uh, intriguing that they would um, get rid of even the combis because that does really well for them. I mean, I, I've flown one of them and I saw they had cars behind. They even have a flight attendant who takes care of the horses. You know, there was like hay on the side of the thing. So that's quite interesting. All right, so I'm gonna look it up yeah. when, when we get to the next story. Um, and speaking of the next story, uh, we had spoken about EGO Airlines, which is a new um, airline in Italy. Mr. Milan Malvenza. In fact, last week. It was last week, right? And yeah. so um, what's going on? And why do we have all these new airlines just popping up all over the place? Um, well, that's a separate topic. But <laughs> I found it a little too coincidental that just last week, um, Ego Airways uh-huh. um, announces that they're going to start service from um, Milan Malpensa in yeah. Italy. And uh, Bari was going to be one of their routes, one of their focus cities, which is on the east coast of Italy. Yeah. And then, not surprisingly, Wizzair, uh, which is, of course, is this hyper-successful uh, low-cost carrier in Europe based in Hungary. They announced that they're going to open their 38th base in Bari, Italy. And, surprise, one of their routes is going to be Milan Malpensa. <laughs> um, so, start, starting in December 2020, which is about when Ego Airways was supposed to start as well. And then they were going to fly routes with this A321 that was going to be based in Bari to a lot of the same cities that Ego Airways was planning to fly. Uh, like uh, Bologna, Turin, Verona, um, and uh, uh, La Mezio, Catania. And then one day later, Southwest, sorry, Ryanair jumps in with 17 new flights weekly from Bari, which brings their total flights to 100. Mm. So um, I don't know if Ego Airways is going to die before it even takes its first flight, but the future does not look promising. But again, I'm sure they must have anticipated this to happen. Yeah. But we, perhaps we, not. We even mentioned that last week, right? Yes. When we were talking yes. about it. Um, yeah, this was some airline world news. So I hope they follow up with this because um, this Ego Airways was the third attempt by this this entrepreneur in Italy who was trying to get this airline started to take over, I suppose, from um, Air Italy. So it, do, do they just not listen to anybody else? Is, is that it? <laughs> it would uh, certainly appear to be that way. I, do, I don't not consider all the possibilities. Yeah. Um, 
So, and they were going to do it with 175s um, Ego, which is yeah. a much more expensive aircraft to operate than, let's say, a 321 or a 737-800 on a yeah, unit basis. Yeah, I, so, I don't understand. It's like, duh. Just stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, some of these, are, I, I tell you this, too many people have all this money. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Uh, let's go to Qatar. Um, airlines are still taking delivery off airplanes, um, which, you know, they're parking a whole bunch of them. Uh, because I guess their liabilities in the book, but they had a whole bunch of airlines that are still, or airplanes that are still coming in, and Qatar just took delivery of uh, two of them. What did they? What did they get? Three. Three. Well, we get? talked about this earlier on. I think it was like March or April, where um, Qatar took delivery of uh, several seven eight seven dash nines, but they really didn't. So what they did is that they had all these, I believe there were seven of them, fly from Seattle to Doha, and then fly right back to Victorville in California. Yes. That and I remember big... we had talked about this. And yeah, was it was cover. because the way the contract uh, was, was uh, written, that they had to be in possession or on the ground at Doha airport um, for however many minutes or hours before they could be um, stored in the desert in California. But what kills me in this case is, does common sense not prevail to save not only fuel, but wear and tear for these planes? They have 14 long haul flights and the aircraft are still less than a thousand miles from where they were manufactured. But it doesn't end there. <laughs> this week, um, again, Qatar took delivery of three um, Airbus 350 1000s. Okay. Uh, this one was not as bad. And instead of flying the six hours from Paris, from sorry, from Toulouse to um, Doha, they flew north to UK airspace for several minutes. It didn't specify how many. Okay. Before flying east over France and then southeast to Qatar. And again, the explanation was the way the contract was written was that the lessers of these planes to Qatar Airways required that prior to delivery, these aircraft had to be in UK airspace for a specified amount of time. Why? Exactly. This makes absolutely no sense. Um, they call it a technicality. But now, um, now I know there's a. I want to know. Sorry, can I just finish the story? Yeah, yeah. I want to know do other carriers have the same peculiarity in their lease requirements, or is it just Qatar? I don't think it is. It's not just Qatar. But there, there is. It's just that Qatar gets the publicity. Yeah. I'm not sure it's really wanted. Because I'm sure people will shout and scream and say that one hour additional flight this so this much carbon dioxide into the air unnecessarily. But it, I just thought it was interesting to mention. We've not been flying. So all those people who are complaining about the airlines, <laughs> they've not been flying. Get over this was it. in one mile at a time. Um, all right. So one of the things about those things, it's, it's a tax thing. 
um, which um, I think when they do that, they pay less taxes. There is something like when Boeing gets a planes, um, they go to Canada first and I think they sit for like 24 hours and then they come back to the US and then they get delivered. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it has something to do with the taxes and, and how, how all that works. Mm. It's, it's not something that you're going to get somebody from Boeing that, or from an airline that comes on and say, hey, um, so this is what happened. <laughs> so that's why whenever you see these odd things happen, people are like, well, why the hell did you fly a plane? And with, this stuff had been happening forever. We just didn't see yeah. it because we didn't have Flight Radar 24 or one of these fancy software so we can track the planes. And, uh, and what they should do with these planes is just turn off the transponder or whatever it is that, that, that's flying. No, you can't do that. Well, no one can track Air Force One. So you can turn them off. You is that can, right? Yeah, you can turn off. Um, not every flight shows up on Flight Radar 24. So you can turn off but I whatever. I expect for commercial aircraft, that would be a safety issue. It would be a safety issue, but you can block a lot of them because you don't, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them that don't show up on the thing. I mean, yeah. Mm. It's something you turn off and when you turn that off, uh, Flight Radar 24 doesn't pick it up. Or you can tell them not to, not to, not to report but, it. Yeah, it's just okay. You, you can't track any of the government planes when they're flying. Yeah. So if anyone has any insight on this, I would yeah. be more than willing to learn more about why this is. That's correct. I why do, it has been happening. I do think it, it has to do with taxes. Um, all right. But shouldn't common sense prevail again? No, it's money. There's no common sense when yeah, it comes. That's true. It come on, because you know that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a Stupid lot of money. Question. It's a lot of money too. So of course. Yeah. Um, all right. Keep it in the Middle East. Uh, what's Emirates doing? Uh, Again, I thought this was a very interesting uh, uh, press release from Emirates, and I'm surprised no one's done it before. Yeah. But uh, what they did. What they announced this week is that they launched what they called an integrated biometric path at Dubai. Okay. Um, so what this is, is a contactless experience for certain passengers at certain gates at okay. Dubai. Um, it's a mix of facial and iris recognition. And um, it applies to everything from your check-in at certain gates to completing immigration formalities, to entering uh, the Emirates Lounge at Concourse B in Terminal 3, to boarding your flight. Um, Emirates marketed this as reducing human interaction and um, offering a contactless pathway for increased health and safety issues. Okay. So like what I thought marketing. was most interesting um, was that they developed this thing called a smart tunnel in collaboration with this a government agency called General Directorate of Residents and Foreigners Affairs in Dubai, abbreviated as GDRFA. So apparently all a passenger, a selected passenger, had to do was walk through this tunnel and um, all their immigration formalities would be completed without requiring need for um, a stamp on your passport or having to 
show your passport to immigration authorities. Mm. Now, another thing that struck me is that certain countries require or they actually check through your passport to see where you've been before granting you a arrival stamp. Right. So I don't know how that's going to, to be handled. Electronically. But then why do they go through the pages of your passport? Because they don't have the, they don't, they're not looking at an electronic system. Remember, every time you go between countries, they, every time you get an appointment internationally, they transmit the information to that country. Right. So right. I don't know if that's going to be an issue or not, but another but it's, it's interesting development. Done, it's already been done today. So that's not new. Yeah. Well, I guess Australia does it also. Yeah, all the countries do it. Yeah. But one more thing is that the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, the CBP, uh, was actually paying attention and was approving these biometric um, admission facilities for passengers on flights to the U.S. So if this is the case, I think it would streamline um, operations significantly, uh -huh. I think. Yeah, I mean, they, they know... Um, remember how, uh, remember these flights that used to happen when, when the flights between the US and uh, Europe say, and they would divert to Canada after takeoff? Mm -hmm. uh, well, that's just because when they did the test, when they sent the data up to the system that says, you know, who's on the no fly list, it didn't come back on time. And so because it didn't come back on time, mm -hmm. they let the flight go anyway. But once the flight go and they realize someone's on that flight that's on the no fly list, they divert to Canada, take them off and continue. So everything, everything is electronic. And you agree to that when you buy your ticket, that they yeah. can transmit the information. Otherwise, you can't fly. Yeah. And they transmit but the information. More, more of these points, touch points, are going to be available. Not, I shouldn't call them touch points, really. Okay. Uh, but more of these units are going to be located at more gates and uh, checking areas. Yeah, it makes sense. In the weeks uh, and months to come. Have you ever gotten your, um, what do they call it? Your, your departure arrival record from the uh, CBP? You know, you can request it. No. So, Why would I want to do that? Um, so if you're applying for like, I don't know, government jobs or something like that, you may want to get that. And so all it is, you can request it. It's your information and they'll send it to you. It's a huge file. I've actually seen- but Wouldn't they be able to get it themselves? Um, government? Well, you'd think. <laughs> but <laughs> the information, they always talk to each other. So if you want the information, you can go online and request it. And it'll tell you everywhere you've been um, since the dawn of your passport. That, uh, that is true. At your interview for... Um, uh, global Entry. Uh, what is Global Entry. Yeah. We have a full record. A full record. Yeah. So yeah. people go, oh, it's privacy. I'm like, no, you signed your privacy away when you swipe that passport. <laughs> so they have all the information. Um, they have a lot more information than we know. And so um, it, it makes sense that they would do that. Because when, when I show up at the immigration thing and he swipes my, oh, he or she swipes my passport, they're just seeing, um, they, they actually, have, that's why you can't see their screen. They know. Yeah. Then, which is why um, every now and again, I would get pulled over into secondary and it's because I violated whatever, whatever formula they have to pull you into secondary. 
And so and I don't know what the formula is, but I think for me, it was if I did like six, I think it was seven countries within 30 days, I'd get flagged. Okay. And no matter where I'm coming from, I just have to go over it. And it wouldn't be secondary screening, but they would do it at agriculture. I get agricultural screening, or they would just ask me extra questions sometimes. Hmm. Well, that's okay. Yeah, it's okay, right? There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to protect so. people just don't know. Uh, all right. Um, we have a lot more to go, Kusha. <laughs> How are we doing on time? I have no idea because I didn't set the. T- I didn't record. Look at the time of where we started. Um, we're probably at, we're probably at an hour already, and we've got. Mm, uh, we should probably cut this episode and start another one. <laughs> sure, your audience will be thrilled by that news. Uh, yeah, you have to tune into another one. Yeah, let's do that because but I promise to, we have interesting topics. We do, we really do, but it's going to take another hour for us to cover this because you know one of us talks a lot. <laughs> Um, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cut this episode, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll start another one for you. Uh, we're we're not just doing this because you know we want to give you a hard time, but we kind of want to give you bite-sized information. So uh, what we're probably gonna do eventually at some point is to cut these stories into um, individual stories, and so you can actually listen to a particular story by itself. Um, that's gonna take a lot of work. Uh, but I think that that might be something that will work because we've had what about six stories so far and you know you might not be interested in all of them although we hope you are but anyway uh, we're going to call this an episode and um, this is Kerwin and my buddy and uh, don't forget though we need you to go to Spotify and iTunes Um, so in the podcast world no matter how many downloads you have Apparently, it doesn't count unless you're on iTunes. So most of you have iPhones. Um, so head over to, and actually, you can get true? On, um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, wow. which, which part of it, the, the, the downloads or the, no, the iTunes, most of you have iPhones. Uh, yeah. So, so here's the thing about Android is actually the most popular thing out okay. there. You know, we're making this episode longer, right? Uh, well, that's fine. It's only a few minutes more anyway. Um, but um, iPhone, the marketing of iPhone is amazing. And so that's it, it is power. Even my nephew, he, he has a Samsung. He <clears> has one of the better phone, best phones. Out. He's like, I want an iPhone. I'm like, dude, why? Oh, because I want an iPhone. And so uh, I'm trying to convince him that he doesn't. And all the marketing has forced them to, to get yeah. an iPhone. So their marketing is yeah. really good. Uh, even now, like Samsung is, this is not an ad for Samsung, but I've always had a Samsung. And oh, and most of the time, most of my phones have been a Samsung. But all the cool features that iPhone 12 is coming out with, my Samsung Ultra S20 already had those. So now they're just catching up. And people are like, oh my God, it's the best phone out. I'm like, night photography? I've had that. <laughs> wide angle i've had that so anyway okay may i interrupt you you're rambling again i i'm rambling again <laughs> am i gonna go up and start laughing like like the thing again but um so anyway this is the end of our episode don't forget but but um the point of all this was for you to go to uh apple itunes 
and it's not even called iTunes in it, Apple Music or whatever it's called, Apple Podcasts, and search for What's Happening in Travel and download and uh, leave us a, a comment and uh, leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. Um, and, you know, if I'm rambling too much, you should tell me I'm rambling too much and then I'll, I may stop. <laughs> All right. So you no, guys you won't. I will write exactly right. Well, that's the show, right? Um, so we will see you guys in the next episode and we're going to have a lot more cool stuff for you. So, Thank you for um, listening. Yes, yeah, so we're signing off on what is it? October, Sunday, October 25th. All right, bye. <laughs>